Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Coach Speak. I'm Matt Seidel, along with fellow hosts Derek Seidel and Josh Trope. Hello, everybody. It's Sunday, March 28th, and we are back on the pod. Um, you know, let it be known, I guess, or, or whatever, we should probably start calling ourselves Coach Speak Tough, maybe, or something. Uh, one of us, obviously, is recovering from the disappointment of not having his team play in the state tournament due to COVID protocol. Uh, that, of course, would be me. Uh, and the other two are dealing with tough losses in district championship games just one day ago. Uh, but we're here. No one called in sick, so to speak. Uh, so that's that's better than some teacher coaches probably around the state after their uh, their exit from the state tournament. So let me check in with you guys. Derek, how, how are you holding up after that game with Michigan Center yesterday? Well, uh, I'm hanging in there. I know it was a tough, tough loss, but I mean, I, I think we gave it our best shot. Our guys competed the whole game, and I think we played pretty well. And uh, they just played a little bit better. Um, we had a drought in the third quarter, and, and they didn't, and that was the difference. Um, obviously, we we were hoping to accomplish you know a little bit more uh, this year and hopefully get that district title and everything. But overall, I think it was a, a great year for us and. Um, you know, we, we only are, we had five losses, but they were only to, to Hanover and Michigan center, which are both extremely good teams. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm hanging in there. I definitely, you know, the reflection period is always interesting after you get knocked out because you, you, you can't get anything else. You can't, you can't get it off your mind for, you know, 24 hours or whatever, but I'm getting, I, it's still, it's still swirling through my head at this point. Like, what could I have done different and what do I need to do different next time? But that's all good, um, reflection, I guess. Cool. Josh, how about you, man? Hey, more, more importantly, Derek, let's a lot of hot tea with honey in it. Uh, some halls. I mean, let, next week, can we, we get the real voice back? I mean, come on now. I mean, you, you got to stop yelling at people. I, dude, I, I've, um, been, I've been taking halls nonstop the last two days. It just doesn't work, man. I, I, I yell too much. That's true. Hot tea and honey, I think, is what you need. Um, you know, I, I would agree with Derek. I think he brings up a great point about the real the, the 24 hours after. I mean, you're doing your best to, to not be thinking about it. But, I mean, I've watched the fourth quarter twice. I've, You know, you, you think about all these different things that you'd like to do and things like that. But at the end of the day, I'd like to point out that I could not be prouder of, of the season that my kids had. Um, I mean, and every team's gone through this. But, listen, dealing with COVID and, and the uh, – the uncertainty that we, we, we live in. And, and not only that, but, you know, I never felt like um, we, we lost a game to a team that was, uh, wasn't as good as us. And I, and I, what I mean by that is like, I thought we won every game we should have. I thought that our kids played hard. We lost a couple you know, tough games to some really good basketball teams. And that was the case last night. I mean, we played in my opinion, one of the five best teams in, in division two in the state, and we took them to the wire, and, and I thought we had a great look at the end to, to send it to overtime. And I thought our kids made all the right plays down the stretch. I thought they played they played smart. They played together. They played incredibly tough. Held uh, Williamston 13 points in the second half of that game, which, you know, pretty incredible when they have, you know, a handful of college basketball players, including a Division One player and then a Division One football player on the floor. So uh, couldn't have been prouder of my guys. Yeah, I had the uh, I had the pleasure of taking both of those games in. Um, so it was uh, it was kind of fun. Derek's uh, game at Michigan Center was a twelve noon uh, throw in. Let's not call it a tip off. And uh, uh, Josh's game was at seven p.m. Of course, they play all games at Chelsea High School. They don't even have a road set of uniforms. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I tell you what, it was uh, that was some good basketball. I um, you know. 
you guys are you guys are being humble and and, uh, and graceful and all that. I, the Michigan Center Napoleon first half. I think I said it on Twitter yesterday. I really feel it. I don't care what level of basketball that I watch. I didn't see a ton, but I watch a lot of games on live stream and obviously our own game. It was the best half of basketball I had seen all year. I mean, two teams. Uh, to quote uh, Juwan Howard, emptying the tank. I mean, they really went at each other. 35-35 at halftime, tremendous pace. Uh, you know, it, it was just – it was exciting. There was, it, was, it was offensive basketball, but it wasn't because the defense wasn't playing hard. They, they, they were just finding shots and hitting shots, both teams. Uh, Michigan Center had a little more stamina. They came out of the locker room, and uh, they kept scoring. Where Napoleon went, like Derek mentioned, went a little, a little cold for a while. And, of course, made a run again at the end, as they always do. Um, and, and it's a really good basketball game. Josh's game last night, you know, that the, the better team won um, in terms of just physical talent. Uh, a, lot, a lot of teams uh, that coach, you know, a lot teams like Chelsea, there are a lot of them that would have got blown out by 25 or 30 last night after that 20 to 6 first quarter where Williamson did everything right and Chelsea was uh, maybe a little frantic. But man, Coach Trope, uh, with his leadership and those kids, the way they play, they got back in it and. Uh, that game goes a little longer. I think Chelsea is, is going to the regional next week. Um, uh, Williamson's lack of depth, I think, showed at the end of that game. And uh, Chelsea had him on the ropes. So a couple of really good looks that could have tied the game. Um, and I know Williamson was playing without one of their main guys. Um, but and they are really good. With that kid, they, they are, they're a threat to probably win it all this year in, in Division Two. And God only knows how good they would be if the if the one kid who who left this summer and went to Texas uh, stayed. <laughs> They'd be maybe yeah. one of the best teams in the state. Period. So yep. good basketball yesterday for sure. So um, hey, let's jump right into some boys basketball topics. We we got a few to go over without question. I think uh, let's just start with this one. Lincoln <laughs> all set to uh, you know technically the defending D- Division One state champion because uh, we didn't have a tournament last year. They're getting ready to play here on in the uh, uh, district championship game yesterday. And word comes that they are caught up in contact tracing uh, from, from Pioneer, who they played on Tuesday. And uh, they had to forfeit the game uh, to Huron, if you want to call it a forfeit. And Huron, who, <laughs> Huron, who was playing, was going to be playing with just three of its starters and, and, and a bunch of JV players because most of their team had been caught up in contact tracing from earlier. The three guys, uh, Julian Lewis, Devin Womack, and Kingsley Perkins, were not caught up because I believe they had already had the virus. I, uh, that's that's the rumor out there. I don't have any confirmation. Probably never going to get any confirmation. But you know, they beat Celine with practically you know their three of their best players, if not their best players, and, and some JV guys. And then they were going to have to play Lincoln Friday, and I that that probably wasn't going to bode well for the River Rats. And then Lincoln has to forfeit the game. That was a shocker and really disappointing for the Rail Splitters, without question. Now, will those Huron kids be back Tuesday, or they still will be out? The M Live article, the very last paragraph of the M Live article that was done yesterday, said that they should be at full strength on Tuesday. So I think they are quarantined. If that article is accurate, their quarantine will be over. So those guys, when they play Dexter Tuesday, what a, what a game that should be over in Northville. Uh, I think Huron is going to be at full strength. Okay. Yeah, you hate to see uh, you know any any teams season end that way but to have it happen in the district final and to have it happen where it's not even a case within your team but it's a team you played it's like you knew it, I mean, we were talking about this before the district started like you knew teams were going to have their season ended that way and it, it's brutal but you know it's part of what we're dealing with this year i guess 
there's just so many inconsistencies. You know, I mean, we, as, as documented, the, the Olivet Eagles uh, had a positive case last Friday and we were eliminated from the tournament. Our whole team got caught. We had played two teams the previous week, Union City and Stockbridge. Neither of those teams had to bow out of the tournament. So their health department, school officials, or a combination of the two, uh, after viewing video, uh, felt that they could continue, that, that, that you know, there was not uh, close contact. But here's Lincoln, they, you know, from something pioneer. I just don't know the details of it, but there's so many inconsistencies where some health departments throw the blanket over a team and say, you're done. Others say, let's look at the video. And then obviously schools get involved with that. Um, I mean, even even Celine was a little bit of a, of a close contact, you know, controversy. Um, and some people had you know, were a little butthurt because uh, maybe they didn't shut it down um, after their game, I think, with with actually with Huron. But, you know, I think they did the right thing and none of those kids should have been quarantined and they actually got to play. Uh, regardless, Huron, you know, post that, um, you know, 46 to 34 win over Celine. That was Thursday to even get to that uh, game. Um, how about Lincoln, too? Uh, you know, coming from 12 down in the third quarter against Belleville Thursday and they come back and win that game 59-52. That, that's where, you know, I remember Josh mentioned, you know, he, he could see Jesse and the boys walking out with that trophy again. Um, he, you mentioned that last week, even if Huron was at full strength. Yep. So it, got, it just got me thinking, man, it's, it's hard to beat Lincoln this time of year, and uh, it's too bad they didn't get to play. So Wait, let's talk about the highlight of the huron Sling game, though, can we? What was, what was the <laughs> highlight of that game? That had to be <laughs> – that had to be the pillow fight or near pillow fight <laughs> between Coach Walid Samaha and Coach Jacob Fosdick, the two coaches of the respective teams. Uh, it was Obviously, we learned about it on Twitter. Uh, I think it was Twitter. And uh, someone, someone mentioned that they, they had a little bit of an uh, a altercation. It, it was verbal. Um, but, I, I, you know, I want, I want some video of this. I want to just go over it and over it and just kind of deal with it. I, I love both these guys. They're outstanding coaches. They're friends. Um, they're both very competitive. Uh, apparently Jake said something, uh, that Wally took offense to and Wally, uh, I think called over, kind of, kind of did a Mark Turgeon, like something along the lines of, man, don't, don't talk to me or don't talk about me. And, and then Jake, of course, you know, kind of like Juwan, he's, you know, Juwan's from Chicago, Jake's from Celine, same kind <laughs> of cities, right? You know, yeah. Hey, hey, well, you're from Celine, man. And someone, and someone, uh, you know, charges at you, you charge back. I, I'm waiting for Jake to say something like that publicly, but I don't know how close they got to each other. Uh, rumor has it that it, it may have fired up the Huron kids more than it did the Celine kids. Cause I think uh, Huron kind of took over the game from that point. It was pretty early in the game, but um yeah, that's just a classic. Jake is uh, J- Jake tends to have. I, I got a feeling if, if if the Alamed Eagles played the Celine Hornets, Jake and I probably would have some type of shot. <laughs> they might be a little too far ahead of us or something. Uh, they, they definitely right now they have a personnel advantage. I'd probably say something to him, and he'd probably come running at my bench. That's just the way Jake is, and of course I got a little bit of that in me too. So I was gonna say I, Mike, I think- Mike Lovelace better watch out. He's the only coach in the ever that Jake hasn't tried to fight yet. So that's, I mean, he's probably next. <laughs> I'm sure they'll kiss and make up, but it, it, it probably was a probably was a pretty interesting deal when that was going on for sure. So, hey, we mentioned Dexter. You know their first district title. They beat Skyline last night, fifty-six to thirty-seven. Really wasn't a game. They took control of that game and just kind of uh, just just rolled. They they, they held uh, control of it for, for for most of it. Obviously, you know Dexter, their path to that final game. 
uh, was a buzzer-beating three-pointer by Brennan Parachek, who's now back in the mix. Uh, that was Monday night against Brighton. Brighton had come from 16 down in the second half, and then uh, uh, Parachek hit a three-pointer to win it uh, at the buzzer. And then um, uh, they get a break. You got to look at it. You can't look at it any other way. They get a break when Pinckney had to forfeit uh, due to COVID protocol in the semis. So Dexter went right to the championship game and uh, knocked off Skyline, who had won two games to get there. Um, but Derek, you actually watched that game uh, live stream while I was uh, taking in Josh's antics over there in Chelsea. What uh, would you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I'll be honest. I did have three games up. I was watching the <laughs> Dexter game, the Chelsea game, and the Hanover game all at once. So I don't have all the details, but – um, you know, Dexter used some some full court pressure to uh, to kind of stifle Skyline, and I mean, obviously by the score, only giving up thirty seven points, they clearly, you know, they used their defense to to control the game. And um, I mean, I really think you know the shot making for Dexter is so key. I mean, earlier in the year they had some of those low scoring games where they just couldn't make a shot, um, but you know, Aiden Dexter hit a couple threes and. Uh, Haroldson hit a few threes. I know he's he's a skyline kid, isn't he? So I'm sure that had to be yeah, fun for is. him. Um, and then obviously, you know, Parachek and Bavanaugh, um did what they do, just controlling the game and um, finishing inside. Parachek had some really unbelievable finishes around the basket. Um, and then, you know, they just really, like you said, they controlled the game. Once they, they kind of just steadily uh, got the lead up and then, you know, they, they just they held on. It never really was in question down the stretch. And, I mean, that's just really cool for Dexter. I mean, we – I know, obviously, being a, a Dexter grad, you know, I'm, I'm I'm happy for him, and that's that's awesome. And you know, I, I remember the the last team to do it, and my goodness, like it's crazy to think how long ago that was. And you know, we obviously had a few teams when I was there, or right after I was there, that we felt like you know had a shot in the districts, but never were able to pull it off. And um, you know, it, at that level, it's just you know, even though they had they got the break with Pinkney, it's like you know, you, you'll take them however you can get them when you know, at, especially at the Class A or Division One level. You know, beating the Ann Arbor, uh, Ann Arbor school to do it like that's, that's just awesome, and hopefully they can give here on a game. I, I think it should be you know an interesting matchup. I mean, with with here on being full strength, it's going to be tough for Dexter to, to pull off the upset. But I'm curious if they can at least um, keep it keep it close and make it a game. Well, I, um, I, listen, I said it, you know, in I don't know August, and again, you guys are the two biggest homers I've ever met in my life, by the way. But uh, anyways, I said in August, Dexter was a very good basketball team, and I, and I said they were the favorite to win our league this year. You know, on paper, that they have everything you need. They, they got shooters. They got a, a feisty point guard who's a playmaker. Um, they got a Division II basketball player in Colin Parachek. Um, you know, now that baby Gronk is back and um, as well as Sam Strode's having the, the year that who knew, you know, and he's six, nine. I mean, they have all the pieces. Um, it, it's an excellent basketball team uh, to Russian's credit. He's a really good defensive coach. He's got him playing really good defensively. I think a big turning point. We talked about this last week was when uh, Bavanaugh senior, the old man, started getting involved with the offense. They've started to score the basketball. Um, but they've also just really started clicking in. You know, they got a right now, they got a great locker room, lead, you know, as far as leaders go and things like that. I would disagree with you. I, I, I think they're going to beat Huron. I don't think it's going to be a, a, a tough thing to overcome. I, I think they're better than Huron. I, I really do, especially them coming off of um, quarantine. That, that means they're not practicing, that, that means they're not in rhythm. Um, you know, they've, they've been shorthanded. Uh, Dexter's Dexter's one of the hottest teams in the state right now. I, I, I expect Dexter to win that game Tuesday. I mean, it will be easy, but, but it, it, you know, if that game was on DraftKings, my money would be on the Dexter Dreadnoughts, I'll tell you that. 
Trope, tropes, the rivalry never stops with you. You're always trying to take these subtle little, oh, I'm going to put the pressure on Dexter by saying they should win. Oh, I, no, you're, 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 you're crazy. No, no, there's, you're no crazy. there's no pressure there. But no, don't, don't, listen, Homer boy, okay? There's no pressure. <laughs> oh, there. There's no pressure. I think they're going to win. I think they're the better team. It's not pressure. They've done an incredible job on the season. I just complimented every one of their players. I just complimented their staff. Hey, at least they did something you could never do as a player there. They won a district. So there you go. Oh, man. Now, now, now he gets, now he gets yeah. Yeah. You, ob- you obviously struck a nerve, Derek. You you no, know, I mean, but just, it's, it's garbage. I mean, I've, I've gone on and on complimenting the kids and the coaches. <laughs> I, I, I can't do much more. All right. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, you know, I actually sat on the bench 15 years ago with the great Randy Swoverland when uh, Rob – Zalicky and Jeff Ziegler and company won that district in 2006. That was a really good Dexter team. Our next year, uh, when Benjamin, Johnny Benjamin was a senior, I, I actually thought may have even been a better, at least a uh, starting five overall. I probably make somebody mad by saying that, but um, that that's been a long time. Now I will say this, Derek's senior year, 2014, and the year after that, uh, Condren's senior year, 2015, there should have been a, a district championship or two hanging after those seasons. Uh, but I, I would sound like a bitter parent uh, talking poorly about a coach if I went on and on about that. So I'm going to stop right there and just uh, move on to our next topic. So uh, moving on, uh, we, we have to talk about the, um, the ending of the Fowlerville Gabriel Richard district game, which was played at Chelsea. That was a, um, that was a first round uh, game. Correct. Yeah. First round. That was the, the Tuesday night. Uh, Gabe Richard nearly pulls off the upset against a very good Fowlerville team. And Fowlerville, with 94 feet to go in one second, uh, completes a touchdown pass, literally a touchdown pass, and lays the ball in at the buzzer uh, to beat Gabe Richard, um, which actually had a chance to win the game before turning the ball over with one second. Did anybody see that last play? Yeah. Oh, you were actually at the game. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) The most unique thing about – go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, you're going to say it. They lined up like they were four wide. Like they had wider, or two wide receivers out on each side. It was unbelievable. Yeah, the, the video that got posted on social media just kind of had it once the guys had already taken off. So you really couldn't tell. But I was trying to explain it to people at school the next day. As they come out of the timeout, the guy takes the ball out of bounds. And, and rightfully so, Richard puts a, a guy on the ball. And the four Fowlerville guys just go stand along the baseline just to the right of the inbounder. They took off like they were running, you know, four different football pads. You had a guy do a curl, had a guy do an out pattern, an out and up. And then obviously the one guy gets behind one of the Richard guys. They're playing man-to-man and probably trying to keep everybody in front. But young kids also, they don't want to foul. They've been told don't foul. And the kid was probably not as aggressive as he he would have been had he got a chance to do that over. And they throw the ball a perfect 93-foot pass. The guy catches it at the rim behind the Richard kid and lays it in at the buzzer. No, I've never seen I never seen a play like that, let alone – I mean, we've seen a couple endings like that, of course, but <laughs> one of the most bizarre plays – I don't know if it, it will uh, gain legs like Valpo did and everybody runs Valpo now. Maybe this will be a we'll – call it Fowlerville or Gladiator or something like that, but it was a unique play for sure. So, um. Yeah, that was wild. I mean, the, the, the way that that guy managed to put the ball right on the money – by the basket yeah. too is uh, and there, like you said there was a guy on him he puts it right in the guy's hands at the basket like that was a heck of a pass it was yeah yeah that yeah, was 93 foot pass on the money <laughs> no doubt yeah i think you know i talked to rex after that and 
obviously he regrets how they defended that. I mean, he, looking back, he's like, I had I should have had a guy in the ball, should have had a guy at half court, and I should have had three guys standing at the arc down at the other end, you know, like kind of almost in a zone, making sure nobody could get behind him. But, you know, but unbelievable play. Yeah, for sure. In other news, we uh, obviously, Derek, you can relate to this because uh, these guys are in your league and, uh, and they, they own the Cascades and in Jackson County and this area uh, for a while. Hanover Horton, I couldn't believe the headline, wins its 18th district in 19 years. <laughs> 18 districts in 19 years. I, it, I said that to my wife this morning, and even, even she, who doesn't even listen to the podcast, she admitted that today, was just taken back by that whole thing. They win the game over Homer last night, 70-45, to 45, even though it was, just, it was a two-point game at half. Um, that is just uh, what Chad Mortimer has done there and what those kids have done over there for years, not just a, a group of them coming through right now. Uh, they've done it for years. How far can this, uh, this Hanover team go? I mean, con- considering they could have won a state title last year, lost essentially everybody, and here they are again uh, knocking on the door and making another uh, tournament run. Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I actually got to watch. Like I said, I had this game on at one of the three I was watching, and you know, during the first half, I'm sitting there like, my goodness, they, they are capable of missing some shots. Because you know, when we play them, they never miss anything, it feels like. Uh, and that was part of the reason the game was closer at halftime. But, um, you know, just the way that they're able to defend just like relentlessly. Like, it, eventually it got to Homer. And in the second half, they just absolutely destroyed him. Um, and again, it all started with their, you know, just constantly pressuring Homer. Um, I mean, to be honest with you, I, I, if Michigan Center plays like they did against us, yesterday uh, they 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 could get them on tuesday um now obviously hanover's i think the favorite um i i i think that the game i'm really interested in seeing is that that quarterfinal you know if it gets if it is ipsy or, or arbor prep versus hanover that could be a really interesting game because i know i got to see a little bit of arbor prep when they played chelsea and um they're impressive as well that that would be a, a different uh just like the size of arbor prep would be something that i don't really think uh, you know, Hanover has seen this year. Yeah, I would agree. I think uh, Ipsy Prep or Arbor Prep, I should say, Arbor Prep it will, yeah. in the quarterfinal at Tecumseh will be a good game. But I still think Hanover will win that game. I think in the semis is probably where they'll be really challenged with like maybe a Flint Beecher. You know, I think. But uh, yeah, I, I think they're going. I think they're going back to the Breslin. They have an interesting regional to get through. I mean, their their first game, like Derek said, is against Michigan Center, and they, if they do play like they did yesterday and shoot it that well, and just you know, uh, they're just a solid team and they're well coached as well. Um, and that's uh, the third time they played this year. Uh, that's going to be a tough one at Tuesday at Springport. The other um, regional game uh, there is is Leslie, the, the winner of our conference. The, when I say our, the Olivet Eagles Conference, the Greater Lansing Activities Conference. Um, Leslie, only one loss this year, plays Bath, who we opened with this year, that very solid Bath team. I, I think Leslie, I'd give them the edge in that game. The Leslie Hanover or Leslie Center game could be interesting. Um, so that, that, that regional, I think, is going to be a lot of fun. Um, and then, of course, you know, maybe it's uh, Arbor Prep or, or somebody else waiting for him. But um, going to be some good basketball coming up. Uh, another this is, we're stretching the area a little bit, but uh, we, we got to mention Trey Cottingham from a Parma Western. Um, he hit <laughs> uh, Josh sent me the video today. Tried to send it to both of us, Derek, but you don't have an iPhone, so it doesn't come through. Very <laughs> tough. We get private private sending there. But um, uh, 20, that had to be a 20, 26, 27 foot bomb. You know, they're, they're really patient. They're down three, looking for an open three. 
uh, and they, he hits a 26-foot, 27-foot bomb to send the game into overtime against Onstead. And then he, I think he also hit a free throw with three seconds left in the overtime, and they end up beating Onstead 49-48. Uh, to 48. Uh, What are you hearing about that game, and how, how's, how's Parma feeling about that one? Well, I think, I mean, obviously they've had a rough year. You know, they had a lot of issues. They had some a couple uh, quarantines with COVID. Um, their regular season was not what they thought it would be. I think they finished, you know, uh, four and nine or five and nine. And it's, you know, they struggled. You know, they've been a dominant team in the I-8, and they definitely took their lumps this year. But they're one of those teams, again, playing their best basketball right now. I also think that, um, you know, they escaped on Tuesday. Adrian had them down 17 in the third quarter, and they came back with Adrian. And and then on, on Thursday, obviously, they, they had way too much athleticism for Jonesville. Um, and then last night, I mean, again, Trey bailed them out deep, you know, to, to win that game. They're an interesting team. They're going to have to play Penfield, the team they've lost to twice. And uh, and then, obviously, if they get through that, they're probably going to see a Williamson team in the regional final. So I think, you know, great, great win for uh, Western. But I, I would say they've underachieved this year. I think they're, they're probably a lot better than their record. I think that um, we're probably seeing the team they should have always been this year. Right. I could be wrong. I'm not sure they actually played him twice. I, I, I know they played him once and they lost oh, by 12. Okay. I'm going to say them, Penfield. I think the second one may have got uh, postponed. But regardless, Penfield's, you know, they, they would be the Vegas favorite in that one. And they are they are loaded with talent and playing really well. They, they kind of went through the district um, a little easier, I think, than most realize. Um, you know, I think people – one didn't want they thought Penfield would probably win that district but they, they they rolled through it and beat Marshall easily in the championship game so you know hats off to uh coach uh Raul Redding Murray too and Arbor Prep we've already referenced them one but they they beat Green Hill 63 to 51 to win a, a district another local team uh that's moving on they will play a 13 and 2 Riverview Gay Richard team in the regional semi so there's no guarantee they're even going to get through uh, they're regional, so just some really good matchups uh, coming, and as as they should be when we get to the regional round. So, uh, moving on to girls basketball in the area, and we had just as much uh, interesting things going on there too. Uh, Celine, uh, we always start with Celine. Why not? Because they, you know, they're as good of uh, at least our our Class A team. They win their district by uh, doubling Belleville, sixty four to thirty two. Um, but the real story of that district was the rematch between Celine and Pioneer never happened uh, due to Pioneer uh, having to pull out of the tournament due to, again, COVID protocol. Pioneer finishes the year 13-2, and two, and there are only two losses uh, coming to Celine, including one just a, a four-point loss not too long ago. Um, but Celine, uh, Celine goes now. They play Brighton, who's 15-3. and three. They play them Monday in Northville. That's going to be a, a really good – they're all hard now. Um, that regional also includes – a Plymouth team that's 12 and seven, but more importantly, a Wayne Memorial team that is 14 and two. So Salim, uh, they're good. You know, it's hard to ever bet against them, but they getting out of that regional is not, not going to be easy at all. Yeah. I, again, I haven't seen them play much and I, it definitely sucks that they didn't uh, get to play pioneer again. I think just as a fan, that would have been a cool one um, to see how, you know, especially with the whole, the stemmer scoring so many points that last time around to see if there was an adjustment made. Right. Um, I, I know Brighton, they, they beat Dexter in a very close game, right, in the in the district. Yes. I remember seeing that score. Um, so uh, that'll be it'll be interesting to see how Celine and uh, and Brighton match up. I I it seems as though Celine's just got a special group right now, so I would not be surprised if they get through there. Um, you know, even if it is relatively uh, with relative ease, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, but yeah, hopefully they can they can keep going uh, being a local team there. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I that that anybody that wins that regional, they could win the state tournament. I mean, that that regional is loaded. I mean, that's a tough regional. Celine's special, but that whole region, all four of those teams are great teams. Yep. Kudos to uh, Jason Wilkins and his Belleville girls team as well. Uh, Jason in his first year, we had Jason on the podcast uh, earlier this year. They uh, they went ten and three this year and played really good basketball. He seems kind of like he he seems to be ahead of schedule. He he has a plan for for the for the Lady Tigers and they seem to be uh, clicking along pretty well. So it's going to be interesting to see where they are in a year or two. Um, but I think they've got some talent and uh, and they felt pretty good about their performance this year. So again, kudos to him. Uh, Chelsea, of course, uh, um, is as advanced and uh, maybe even got a break in the Class B or Division Two with uh, Detroit Edison bowing out due to COVID. Unfortunate for those young ladies because that they were probably the uh, the heavy favorite to win it this year. But Chelsea beat Tecumseh in a in a close district championship game, forty to thirty three. That was uh, that would have been Friday night. Again, you know, I think that the score probably closer than than most thought. Uh, Chelsea had beaten Tecumseh by. 21 i think uh earlier in the year the only time that they played but there's a little something something kind of came out of that game which uh uh i guess it was we caught it looking at the uh the daily telegram out in uh, lunaway county but looks like there may have been a little uh little bantering going on between tecumseh coach christy zajac wife of tecumseh athletic director john zajac and uh tony scheffler um our former NFL guy who coaches the uh, Chelsea girls. Um, <laughs> all I know, I, I, <laughs> I probably know more than I'm going to say, but uh, I, you know, I, I, I just love the spunk of Christy Zajac, man. She, she coached, you know, a team that only had six girls this year and uh, took, let them do a winning record and they, they play hard and they grind and they, they don't make excuses for the fact that they're, they're, you know, their roster's a little thin. And uh, I think uh, there may have been some hard feelings after their first game. And uh, Tony may have said something uh, that got back to her and she wasn't afraid to comment on it publicly. And I think uh, she used it to, to fire up her girls because they, they had an inspired effort against the, uh, the, the lady Bulldogs. Did you hear anything uh, going through the Chelsea pipeline, Josh? I, I did not. I, I know there's certainly no love lost between uh, Tecumseh and, and Chelsea girls basketball, but uh, I, I did not really hear anything more than that. I just know it was a really, it was a really tough game for Chelsea. I mean, um, you, you know, and you expect that right from a rival in a, in a team in your league that you compete against regularly. Right. I mean, it's it's tough to beat a team for a third time and all that stuff. So I, I expected to be a tough game and it was it came down to the wire and they, they ended up pulling it out, I think, by like six or seven, something like that. Now, this Chelsea team, they they could, you know, you, you've made it a, a comment a couple of times. You think they, they can make a serious run. I, yeah, I look at the bracket. The bracket. Yeah, I, I'll tell you this. April 5th at Chelsea. Mark it down. Get your tickets. The Fighting Tim Canes of Ann Arbor, Gabriel Richard, will be playing the Chelsea Bulldogs on April 5th at Chelsea in a quarterfinal with a chance to go to Grand Rapids to uh, Van Andel Arena. And, and um, I, you know, it, it should be a great game. I, I would probably give the nod to Chelsea. Um, you know, I just I, – I feel like this is their run. I, I always thought they could get there, and I think things have just set up really nicely for them. I thought maybe going to Williamston on Monday and having to play Williamston would be really tough. Williamston was upset by Lansing Catholic. is a good team, but um, playing Williamston at Williamston would have been really tough. Um, you know, I, I think this is – I think Tony Scheffler in his first year as an incredible chance to, to get the Bulldogs to the Final Four. I know they feel confident, and rightfully so. I think they're one of the best teams in the state. So – 
Chelsea plays, yeah, they play a 12 and three Lansing Catholic team in, in, in the regional semi. That regional also includes a nine and 12 Penfield team, uh, which knocked off my uh, beloved Olivet Eagles Friday in, in a really well played uh, district final out in Hastings, a place I never want to have to drive to again from my house, uh, by the way. And, uh, 15 and four Parma Western is in that regional as well. That is the team that I'm picking. Sorry, Bulldogs, but I, I Western, I, there's something about them. They're led by coach Gina Fortress, by the way, mother of steel fortress. Yes. I said steel fortress. I, I, I was introduced to steel uh, when he was a youth baseball player, but he was a very good athlete at uh, Western as well. But what a great name. And for Gina to name her son steel, I think just tells you everything you need to know about her, but that, that a Western Chelsea regional final could be outstanding. Um, so looking forward to that, but. Yeah. And, and division two is kind of a little bit wide open now that Detroit Edison, they were in division two, I believe, and yeah. they're out with COVID and they seem to be the surefire team to win it all, which, um, you know, that makes the whole thing interesting. Yeah, you were, you yeah, were playing for second place when Edison was there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they, they've handled some really good teams, including the, the good Division three schools from our area. So um, before we move on uh, from Chelsea, though, anybody see, uh, you know, we, we were commenting on Lauren Thompson's pink outfit last week uh, during the pink out game between Dexter and Chelsea. But anybody see Tony Scheffler's all blue outfit <laughs> that he wore during the district final game? Uh thoughts on that <laughs> i yeah you have thoughts i'm not gonna comment but i have thoughts <laughs> so i i didn't i didn't really recognize the outfit i saw a picture of him that was going around twitter with him standing in just a bizarre pose like he was like really like <laughs> legs spread out like hand on the hip like i, I can't really talk because i have some of the most wacky i guess demeanor on the side i'm jumping and and probably standing weird as well but i thought the pose was more interesting than the outfit yeah i forgot about the pose you showed me that earlier in the week and i, I love that we can just make fun of uh, big tony shuffler on the podcast because if he were sitting in front of me I, i'd probably be a little less you know <laughs> probably likely to, to to make fun of his outfit or how he's posing but we also should uh we also should talk a little bit about coach tim kane and the father gabriel richard uh girls team winning a district uh, blowing out Detroit Cody in their district final, 67 to 36. Coach uh, Kane leads the Fighting Irish to their first district championship uh, in 10 years. Uh, again, uh, just verifying that that was a very good hire uh, for uh, by Richard to bring Coach Kane in. Um, Laney Garbars uh, with 25 points uh, for Gabe Richard. This team is ripe. Um, they kind of called that they were going to win this district and they did and believe it or not they actually have a really good chance to win the regional and get to that quarterfinal game that you referenced yeah i, I would agree i think they're rolling right now and, and coach kane does a great job with the girls yeah i think you know they, they the dearborn advanced tech academy is only six and eight um they really haven't had a signature win all year uh grow zeal is, is is in this regional they're seven and twelve i uh, don't think they're a great team mylan is in there after uh, you know, Milan got a a forfeit win by Dundee from Dundee in, in their district championship game. Uh, Milan's thirteen and seven has had a really good year and is playing well. Um, and they beat Roseville twice, so they're probably heavily favored to do it again. But they did lose to Gabe Richard by twenty early in the year. Not that early season games this year uh, really mean anything, but 
They, uh, yeah, Kane and company have a great chance at, you know, again, referencing Milan, um, congrats to them. That was their first district title in 11 years uh, since 2010. Uh, so congrats to Coach Huey and the Lady Big Reds. Um, another successful story this year. Um, and finally, with girls, we, we should talk a little bit about uh, the Arbor Prep uh, squad. They won their eighth straight district by 51 points over Erie Mason. Uh yeah, they, ugh, man, they just they just roll through their district. Uh, but it sets up an incredible regional um, at Whitmore Lake that includes Grass Lake and Lenaway Christian, along with Riverview Gabrishard, which is no slouch. Those uh, that, That's tempting to drive uh, the 10 minutes and go watch some of that action if you can get a ticket. But any thoughts on that uh, particular Division Three girls district or regional, I should say? Yeah, that's definitely extremely interesting. Um, you know, it was, what was so weird to me, too, I saw the stat when Grass Lake won that it was their first district title and I don't know, like it wasn't, you would have thought that they would have won a bunch of them right. recently, but you, know, you keep forgetting that they, they've been stuck on Michigan center for the last few years, even though they've been, they've been both really good. Um, so yeah, but I mean to have like, just not even to look at the individual teams, but if you even break it down to the individual players in that, in that, um, in that regional, it's crazy. I mean, just the D one girls, you've got, Lenaway, Christian, Grass Lake, and Arbor Prep all have at least one, you know, pretty much close yeah. to Power Five. Essentially, I don't guess Gonzaga. I don't know in girls if they're considered a Power, a Power Five type team or not. But um, to have that, and, that, and let alone all the other, you know, D two and other college talent across the board, like that. Yeah, it doesn't get much better than that for, uh, especially for Division Three um, regional. Yeah, I, I'm really hoping for an Arbor Prep uh, Grass Lake rematch on Wednesday, and then I'm really counting on my boy Ryan Masters to get me into that game because that is that is a game I want to be at. There's no question about that. Sure, for sure. <clears throat> well, yeah, and we, uh, you know, we're we're going to definitely uh, keep an eye on these regional games, and uh, heck, we might even do a few more podcasts than normal this coming week since we we all have a little more uh, free time. I guess you guys are on spring break, and Olivet has gone all virtual. Uh, due to some rising uh, numbers in our area. So um, maybe we do have a little bit more time. A couple other topics, though, before we before we take off today, I want to touch on. And one is just it's been coming up, uh, again, in social media. And it's, we, we've seen some schools that are pulling out of the regional tournament because the majority or all of their players have decided that they're going to go on spring break instead of continue to play basketball. I When I saw these, I was it was – I didn't even know what to think or say. I just, first of all, I can't, I can't fathom a high school basketball player or family for that matter that would give up an opportunity to play in, in something like a regional um, or in, and if you're in a regional, you obviously have a chance to do something even more special, but that would couldn't give up their spring break, uh, you know, for a few days or even just give it up completely and find another time to vacation and not play. But for teams to have to bail out in the regional level, uh, it's just like, I, I can't, I can't understand it. I, what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I mean, you make a great point. It's like I thinking about it. From, if, I, if I was playing and Josh was keen to point out that I never won a district, um, <laughs> so I, to give up a regional, to give up any game to go on spring break is just like that does not comprehend in my head. Like I never would I even consider giving up any game, let alone a regional game, um, just to go on spring break. I mean, in two months. It's going to be the summer and you can go on your vacation then if you need to. Um, also, we're still in the middle of a pandemic. So what are you doing on spring break? I don't know. But, um, yeah, it's just it's mind blowing to me. 
Yeah, and, and technically you do have one district title. You just had to come to Chelsea to get it. But you do have <laughs> oh, that was nice. So there you go. Uh, but uh no, you know, I, I I'm with there. I'm I'm all good with spring break. I have no problem with that. I, I more power to you if you want to travel. I, I know most people I know have. But I mean, there is a commitment you make to a team, right? And a program and and that's to see that through. So it is disappointing. Um, but you know, I, so I reached out to Steve Norgrove, who's uh, you know, one of the administrators of BCAM and and a, a friend of the podcast and someone I respect, you know, he, he had a very different perspective because he, he now has lost seven players. Now they're going to play next week, but they're going to be short seven guys. And he was completely okay with it. He said, Hey, the kids made plans prior to the season. I respect that. You know, I'm just happy that they, they stayed as long as they could. And they gave us everything they could. Um, he was not upset, wasn't disappointed in the kids. And he actually didn't even blame them. So I think, Everybody's looking at this a little bit differently, but I'm obviously with you guys. You know, if you make a commitment to the team and the program, you know, you got to kind of see it through. I mean, it just, you know, and it's a little disappointing that it sounds like the Northwest girls team make, basically made a decision not to play as a group. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with all due respect to Steve, uh, a good coach and, and definitely brings a lot to to our basketball community. I, I'm just cut differently than him if that's if that's really his true feelings or maybe it's just the way he wants to – uh, be publicly known right now and you know in terms of for his kids and parents but again I, I just as, as a parent if, if, if again if one of my kids if we had a trip planned and and they you know during this year where everything got pushed back and and they won their district we would just be moving our flight it's just you know you just I, I don't get it plus again not just for yourself because you've worked so hard to get to that point but you're just letting your teammates down by doing that it's just uh to me it's selfish the northwest thing is I, I'm a I don't know anybody in that on that team. I barely know their coach. He's played in our gym a few times. I just think it was a selfish act on their part. If, if that's true, what was on social media, that they have forfeited the regional game uh, because the majority of their team is leading for spring break. They should never have entered the tournament in the first place. They should have opted out of the tournament and let someone else compete for that district so that that team could go in and, and try to to live their dream and play in a regional. I just think it's, it's total selfishness and, um, I haven't thought a ton about it, but that's just kind of, that's my first uh, opinion looking at that, but uh, just makes me shake my head. So um, anyway, one other thing I wanted to uh, cover, and actually I kind of noticed it watching you guys and I, and I, I'm not sure because I've done it both ways. So I'm just kind of curious your thoughts. I watched both of you guys play really well yesterday with your teams and lose tough games. And, but at the end of your game, uh, Derek's team uh, sat in, in their chairs and, dejectedly and probably didn't want to be there sitting in their chairs, but they did. And they sat and they watched the trophy presentation of Michigan center when they received their medals and their trophy. And they, you know, they clapped and they, you know, and then as soon as it was over, they, they, they walked into their locker room. Uh, and I saw Chelsea respectfully, as soon as the game ended, they kind of waved to their opponent. And then you guys kind of grabbed your stuff and went into your locker room. You did not stay out. Uh, Chelsea did not stay out for the Williamston medal and trophy presentation. So just kind of, this is something I think a philosophical deal. You see different programs do it different ways. Never really talked about it or thought a ton about it, but what was your thinking yesterday when you guys decided that's how you're going to handle it? To be honest, it's one of those things where you don't really want to have to prep for it. Cause then you're prepping if you lose to lose, you know? So um, <laughs> for me, I, honestly, in the moment, you know, right as the, when the writing was on the wall and the last the time was running out, I turned to my assistant coach, or my JV coach. And I was like, we, we probably should just stay out here, shouldn't we? And he goes, yeah, just stay out here and we can go after that. So I told you know, it was kind of a last-second decision. And my thought was just, hey, you know, uh, we respect Michigan Center. And, you know, we played three good games with them this year. You know, give them respect of, of that moment. And, you know, I also can 
I've got I return, you know, of my eleven varsity guys this year, I return nine of them, and Michigan Center is going to be a prominent team in our league and possibly in our district again. So I can maybe even use it as a motivation. Like, Hey, you remember how it felt watching them grab the trophy last year? Maybe we can do the same uh, next year. So then th- those are a few things that popped in my head, but it is a weird one to, 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 to sit out there and watch. I, I wasn't sure what to do. It was like, like I said, it was a split second decision really for me. Yeah. And I, I don't think there's a right or wrong. So I I've done it both ways, depending on my team, but I also um, I've had, you know, I've won a fair share of these as well. And, and you don't notice whether the team stays or not. It doesn't really matter to you. I, I made sure we waved goodbye to Williamston. I walked over and made a point, walked over and shook all their coaches hands and congratulated them. And, and then we kind of took our kids and went out. I also think it depends how you lose. Um, and what I mean by that is, you know, in, in my guys' minds, it, it was pretty heartbreaking loss. I and mean, we had a couple shots to tie it up there at the end and we had a lot of tears on the sideline and um I thought it was the right place you know we made sure we respectfully said goodbye and then we went into the hallway and and kind of hugged our kids and took care of them and I thought that was the right thing to do for our kids um and I'd also the other thing too though is I don't know did they actually hand the medals out at center they did yes. see, like again COVID doesn't exist in Jackson County so it's a little bit different situation um <laughs> you know, based on the seating of the benches at your game and, and some different things like that. But um, see, in Chelsea, Brad had talked to both me and the head, uh, you know, Tom Lewis from Williamston. He informed us that we would not be handing medals out and there really wouldn't be a trophy ceremony because of uh, social distancing and and COVID that they would just give the medals to the coach and they can hand them out the next day of practice and things like that. So we didn't really look at it as a ceremony. It was just kind of one of these things where, well, they're just going to get the trophy. So let's just kind of do what we do. And, um, yeah, either way, I, again, I don't think there's a right or a wrong. Um, but yeah, that's kind of, that was what our thought press. I mean, if we would have lost by 20, we probably would have sat out there and, you know, it wouldn't have been as heartbreaking of a loss. Yeah. My, my philosophy or stance on it's a lot, lot simpler than yours. If I like the other team and the coach, I'll stay out. If I don't, I'm going in. <laughs> it's just really that simple. So uh, norm- normally we would stay out. We haven't, haven't lost a ton of district finals. Just saying when we get there, we've had, had more success than not. But, uh, but yeah, <laughs> that's just the, kind of the way we go. Um, but it, it just it really didn't dawn on me. I know Josh and I talked about it a little bit at Derek's game, and then um, it, it crossed my mind yesterday too after the, the Williamson-Chelsea game. I'll say this just, too. That it would have been tough for Derek's team to walk out because the way center's set up, like we could easily just go right behind our bench into the hallway without disrupting anything. Like Derek's team would have had to walk in front of center and in front of the whole crowd like to get out of the gym. That would have been awkward, I think, too. Yeah. Should have. Could have walked by it and kind of touched the trophy and touched the medals rope there. <laughs> they're, they're typical, yeah. Tip, nice COVID protocol. I saw a, a one award ceremony where they laid the medals on a table and the kids just picked up the medal from the table. So there's one way around the the uh, handing off of it. But um, there's also this thing called sanitizer that after you exchange the medal, then you can go use the hand sanitizer and then it kind of eliminates the potential transmission of the virus but maybe there isn't a lot of that in chelsea or something so they they kind of went without it but all good guys all good that was fun um we've got some great basketball coming up this week we're going to try to get with you a little more frequent um this week especially and uh who knows we may we may pop in uh just unexpectedly uh maybe a couple times this week or more depending on everybody's availability we haven't talked about it a ton but um until then everybody uh stay safe mask up and peace Thank you.